0: Welcome to the Waypool Mag Podcast. Today, I'm really excited. My guest today is Sean Hutchinson. Uh, he is the manager at Urban Surf, and he's looking at me like it might be general manager, it might be supreme ruler. What, what is what is your title at Urban Surf?
1: My title is general manager of Urban Surf Melbourne.
0: Okay. And as general manager, what um, what do you do? What does that mean?
1: I... Uh, I suppose that the title says it all. I oversee uh five departments uh, within the company, and uh, each of those departments is a specialist. I'm a specialist manager and a specialist team, and I... Work between the departments just to make sure everything is running as smoothly as it can. Look for any efficiencies, any new ideas, anything creative that we can improve our business upon and kind of roll it all into one to uh, keep pushing forward and keep improving.
0: Okay. And during, in your, in your, now how did you end up at a wave pool? You have a background, I've, I understand, in, in water parks. Yes. But um, you're, here you are at uh, a wave pool in Australia. To, to share with us what happened.
1: Oh, super lucky. So, yes, I, I did start in as uh, my leisure career, started in Dubai. And I started as a lifeguard. And um, I moved up in the company. The company is Jumeirah International with all the fancy hotels and Wild Wadi Water Park. And it was great fun. And they were amazing at... Uh, training and upskilling their teams. Um, And then I moved over to Ski Dubai, uh, the indoor snow center. Uh, That was great. And then moved across to indoor skydiving at iFly Dubai. (laughs) And uh, then I went back to another water park at Yes Waterworld, which was just amazingly themed. And then my last... Dubai gig was uh, Hub Zero. It was a theme park. Um, and then it was time to move to greener pastures. Uh, and so I started at Wet n Wild Sydney um, in 2017. And while I was there, I saw a, a news article or uh, yeah, a TV news uh, segment on Urban Surf. And how Urban Surf was going to be launched in Sydney um and it just blew my mind um because in all my career uh people get so over and so quickly used to a new attraction new attractions cost tens of millions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars to to buy people ride them two three times they get bored and then uh, they want something new but this surfing um just never seen it before so I scratched around LinkedIn and I introduced myself to the CEO and uh, asked for a cup of coffee. And uh, that was the best cup of coffee I've ever (laughs) had.
0: So what in coming to it, like, so before you even started at a a surf park, a wave pool, you knew there were limitations to traditional just water parks. And you saw the, uh, what made you aware of the, uh, the attraction, the draw? of surfing as compared to a water slide? I would
1: say it's uh, it's not even uh, my eyes really opened at Ski Dubai and and I fly indoor skydiving where it was more your skill than the attraction itself so that you could really develop and and move forward. And I just saw an article about Ski Dubai where um, some of the the local, the nationals are going to hopefully represented in the Olympics so they learned to ski in Ski Dubai and they their skill and their drive uh the, the facility hasn't changed but their skill level changed and that was the real like the 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 thought of it's it's all down to skill it's not down to the facility and that's what makes it so exciting so drawing my previous experience and seeing what a surf park was and waves on tap like you just you just have to you just absolutely have to throw your hand up and 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 throw your head in the ring and just uh just go for it
0: so so coming from that world and into this world with wave pools and surf parks Um, I'm sure there is something like you can only expect so much. And once you're here, your feet are on the ground, you're looking out at the wave pool. What struck you first as being the main difference, um, with surfers?
1: It was, it was hearing the stories. So, um, one, one of our members, uh, he said this to me the first time he ever came to, to urban surf. He said he came for the waves, um, and he stayed for the staff. Um, so, but it was really, and for me, it's the other way around is the guests and our surfers just amaze me. Like they, they have moved away from the coast and they lived in the city and their surfing lives were over. And then all of a sudden urban surf opens and we had people climbing the fence and looking over and just going absolutely nuts for it. And that's something I'd never seen before. Like the, the artificial equivalent, like skydiving to indoor skydiving, it's a, it's it's a nice little thing to have but this was this was life-saving for people and um so we have a lot of members who just gave up they weren't happy in the city and getting a membership for them has just reopened their passion for surfing and their connections they've made so many connections we see members all the time going on surfing trips around the world together and uh and they've all met each other at urban surf so it's more that this facility has created a whole new community um, that, has, uh, that is far away from the ocean.
0: Okay. And, and, and seeing that um, commitment, that, that drive, you people climbing over the fence and, and such, <laughs> would you see that? Like you had to have a group of core locals at Ski Dubai or uh, skydiving. Is, do, do you see a difference between the people who are really invested in uh, their sport?
1: uh again yes so so previously there was a very small a few people that would do it they would stay in their own cliques and enjoy their time and then leave whereas it seems like our our regular members and and people that surf often with us have created this culture and they also settle other surfers uh down that they um surfers that come that are not from melbourne um use ocean etiquette, which is sometimes a little dirty, and uh, and the members will actually simmer them down and, and have a quiet word with them and give them pointers and tips and tricks on how to paddle into the wave, what to look for and stuff. So we are highly reliant and really appreciate all our members for the kind of vibe that they bring in the water that's not staff-based, and that makes it just so much more genuine than um, uh, that they do that for us.
0: Okay. And uh, walk us through on an average day, uh, your clientele, like who comes through, I saw a surf school, um, earlier and then I saw like some of the, uh, bodyboarding community and uh so so who do you see in an average day
1: so uh when we open at six we see our core dedicated surfers that they start their day with the surf um they're a little quiet especially the 6 a.m crew that comes to surf not not much talking in the water but then as as the day progresses especially around nine ten o'clock in the morning it it completely changes to the more progressive surfer, that surfer that wants to learn. And then we're bringing in uh, groups of schools that uh, that aren't necessarily close to the ocean, but now we're close to them. So they're getting their very first surf lesson ever in a completely safe and friendly environment. Uh, we normally tie that into a water safety program, so we put them safely in our rip and let them float and experience it, uh, the rip. So it's 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 about. Merging fun and safety together for those schools, and then uh, from there, there's there's uh, mother groups that come through um, and surf together, and then the tradies come in the afternoon and they get their their barrels for the afternoon, and then in the early evening we do a lot of five week progression uh, lesson classes. So these, these uh, surfers come back every every day, five weeks in a row, and really speeds up their progression as well. So there's such a nice mixed and diverse group that just comes in and out, in and out throughout the day that uh, whether you it's your first time or you are that core surfer, there's this little sub-click that we've created around our wave settings for you, and you really mesh with that, that kind of community, and then you slowly expand from there.
0: Okay. And, and in doing that, in seeing your clientele and who's coming through and who's enjoying it at what hour, at, at some point you, you had to curate that with your, uh, wave offerings, you know, you don't have an intermediate at 6 AM and, and such. Can you, can you explain how your, your current menu, uh, came about and also how you've tweaked it in the, uh, each, each year?
1: sure so we started with two wave settings it was intermediate and advanced and we realized really quickly that it needed to expand from there so um with each expansion i would love to say there was a lot of science behind it but uh we just threw a lot of stuff at the wall and some stuff works and some stuff doesn't and what works in summer doesn't work in winter and and there's a lot of variation to it so um now that we have three years of data, we we really rely on our data, that we've stopped throwing stuff at the wall and we just use our data. And at the same time, we're speaking to a lot of the bigger groups on what would be more beneficial to them. Um, my favorite story is uh, Jackie, if you're listening to this. Jackie is one of our members. And uh, in winter, we reduced our operational hours and she's created this core group of uh, 6 a.m. intermediate surfers and begged me to um, to open a session specifically for them, even though we opened at 8, 9 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, you got to get minimum numbers or this is not going to happen. She made a promise, and she stuck through it all winter. Every week, this little core group uh, surfs every single week, and every week they hit their numbers. And uh, I surfed with them for the first time uh, just okay. this past Tuesday, okay. and it was just such a different vibe with that team. They are so friendly and just so supportive of each other and anybody in the water, um, and that's what it is. it is. It's a lot of data and a little bit of hope um, (laughs) that mixes into our wave schedule, which is just, uh, it's the way it should be.
0: Okay. Now in, um, urban surf is, uh, opening, uh, they're working on Sydney right now. They've got a hole in the ground. They've got machinery on, on delivery and they're optimistic or hoping if everything goes well, April is what, uh, Damon told me. So now when you take this model, uh, Melbourne, everything that you've learned here, are you going to be able to cookie-cutter it and apply it to Sydney, or do you see more nuances within the surf community there that will uh, dictate your your wave offerings? Um,
1: it's a little of both, really. So especially from our staffing point of view, we started working uh, to be operationally ready for Sydney uh way earlier this year so all of our documentation our processes we've really been refining them knowing that whatever we do in melbourne needs to go over sydney and it's not just the processes but it's the vibe as well like the experience whether you are in melbourne or sydney needs to be similar you need to feel that same level of an energy of stoke on on okay it feels like i'm home whether it doesn't matter which of the surf parks you're in so there's that that mishmash but um there, there's already a lot of plans of sending when we recruit the Sydney management that they'll come over to Melbourne for a week. They will learn all the processes. They'll also get a bit of the story of what worked, what didn't work, why didn't work, so that they understand really why Urban Surf does a particular thing um, a certain way. So there is that cookie side, cookie cutter side of it, but then it's a whole new community, and um, we're looking at really working with our. Um, urban surf melbourne members who have this vibe already and they'll come through we always promised them that they would get a pre-opening surf and they will and they will pre-open surf with our sydney members and uh, instill that vibe and that sense of community uh within the urban surf sydney members so there's a lot of it's not just about the processes but it's also about the the vibe and the culture on site that we're really focused on and it and it needs to be right it's it's a Different facility, but it just needs to feel right.
0: So, in um, in speaking with you, it sounds like you know there is the uh, kind of data element to it, but then there's also the the human element to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And did, have you changed? Have you did you come into this like a total data nerd, and then evolve more to like, oh, here's this vibe, <laughs> here's this stoke. We need to uh, play off this more than off the numbers.
1: Yeah, I would say now I'm a data nerd. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the
0: other way. Other so way it's around, definitely
1: but... the other way around. Okay, and, uh okay. we were young and hopeful. We were really <laughs> young and hopeful, and it's been great learning. Like we, our little team has just done so much, and it and it has taken that courage and um, just that sense of belief that we're every new product, every new idea that we do implement that it's really going to work. And and we've some have worked, some haven't, but we learn fast from it and. And now we've got the benefit of not only learning fast from it, but also using the data to make more accurate decisions. So, um, yeah, it, it's just going to be a lot easier um, as time goes on to to really make um, probably more tweaks than big moves, um, but just to make sure they're the right, the right tweaks to make.
0: Okay. And, and in uh, hearing you talk about it, you said some work, some didn't yeah can can you give us an example of uh something that's worked great and has taken off and then something that just you know hit with a dry thud
1: (laughs) (laughs) nothing nothing is uh, (laughs) everything is fine (laughs) everything is fine um there's uh, there there is so much that's worked um
0: you got to give us an example yeah no i do i do Uh,
1: (laughs) sorry you going and, gonna have and to... for people yeah listening
0: <laughs> Sean is looking at the ceiling trying to find something a good example and uh yeah keep uh keep I think happy. well
1: <laughs> the easiest one is all our different wave types so like i said we did start with um with intermediate and advanced and every other wave type that you see on our menu from cruiser to progressive turns to advanced turns to expert um really worked uh it was really refined and and we did on some of those we did just throw it at the wall and it seemed to work really well um I suppose I, I am a little mindful of well what didn't work and considering I'm still working for the company um uh, yeah I want to keep it bland but uh, I think the the funny relatable story is uh the one that didn't immediate work immediately work was the advanced turn setting. So we had two very skilled surfers who who created the the, the advanced turns waves with us. Mm-hmm. And um you really need to know how to surf. Like if you can't surf properly, you think the waves are terrible and what is urban surf produced? But if you can surf you you appreciate the little power pockets and, and the wave for what it is. And uh, so when we first launched Advanced Turns, we got a lot of negative feedback on, like, the wave is terrible, and and you, you don't know what you're doing, and and uh we had to stand by our guns on like no it's you you can't serve
0: <laughs> which, in yeah, which is um, hard to do to a customer yeah
1: pretty much <laughs> so i was like stay in the intermediate work on it and and yeah we had to be pretty strong with our messaging on like no it, no this this is designed for a certain set of sofa and if you're not having fun it's probably you so uh those were obviously done uh one-on-one <laughs> when okay. the complaints came through but uh yeah, it, it was very interesting because it was the first negative feedback we ever got from one of the new wave types that we launched. And now Advanced Turns is one of the more popular uh, wave types that we have. So it's just interesting, again, how things turn around uh, as as you move forward.
0: Yeah. And then um, I know when you first opened, we had Sarah Beardmore come out and uh, we did a video about the ex- experience here. And then uh, when she was here a couple, it was a couple of years ago. Um, you didn't have the cruiser session yes. yet, and then you added the cruiser session, which um, is extremely popular. Tell tell us how that how how that came about. It came about from people like me. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> I always, as a kid, I always bodyboarded because I was so far from the ocean, and um, and the waves were so. It was like there was just intermediate was too steep, and people were. That was their only option at that time was to surf intermediate, and it was was not pretty out there. It was quite frustrating for the surfers that were true intermediate surfers to deal with people trying to learn, and so it was very evident that no, we need to downscale and and uh, and put away our the ego, and it's not just about the surfer, but it's about the progressive surfer. So so we there was a very it was then we. In, put in cruiser to intermediate so it was a very big step down but it was just amazing to watch and it wasn't just that learner surf it was more like parents surfing with kids and 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 all that kind of development that just skyrocketed for us so um probably one of the best decisions we ever made and and it's really drum home the fact that we are a progressive surf park we're not an advanced surf park. We're not a, a core surf park, but we're a progressive surf park.
0: Okay. And in in going on that uh, theme, progressive, you have wave pools, uh, you know, Wave Garden Cove in Switzerland at Alaya Bay. And uh, you have your unique mix here at in Melbourne. It's a, a lot of core surfers just yep. down the coast, a lot of core surfers who left the coast to work in the city, um, and it's worked out really well. If you're in Switzerland, how would you, how would you change your approach? Like if all of a sudden, Sean, you're plucked out and you're, you're plopped into uh, the middle of Europe, how would you, what would you do?
1: Well, (laughs) I would actually give it a good crack, and I I don't say that uh, I don't say that lightly because we do speak to um, we speak to Alabey, we speak Mm. to Bristol, and all the others. We're so far away from each other. We know we're not competition, so it would be all those progressive waves, the progressive waves that that we would push. But then there's always there's there's always going to be that pocket of advanced or at least elite surfing and it's just for you to find that right time in that community there'll always be time for it and elite surfers especially early mornings that's their key time they would normally go out before us before work or or something to go and surf in any case so that's where i would still keep it but run the whole day as progressive surfing it it works that's the business of surf parks is mm-hmm. th- the business of surf parks now is not what's going on at the point it's it's like a car i just expect a car to work it's not it, it doesn't mean anything but what many wave technologies haven't cracked yet is the bay and mm-hmm. that's that's a big part of your business that shouldn't be overlooked and that's going to be the future of surf parks. So what is your bay doing and how is that working? Because if you can get your point and your bay to work together, you're smiling. Okay. Okay, wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so in in talking about this, I think uh, next year we have, uh, I think, 12 wave pools are going to open next year. It's exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. And um, what? how do you see that? the space changing or evolving with the addition, with, with basically the, the space is going to double,
1: <laughs> close yeah. to it.
0: Um, so in one year, it'll double. What? How do you see that affecting uh, the way parks are run from a managerial you know standpoint? Sure.
1: So I think as one of the early adopters, um, we've always been very mindful of whatever we do. It's not just for us, but it is for the international surf park community so every misstep we make could really shape the way that surf parks are perceived in the future so the biggest part is safety is every safety decision we've made we had to create it from scratch and we've had had support from uh, bodies like apola but like all that safety programs no matter what crazy good idea you have for a wave or or this commercial idea it all comes back down to safety safety is this wheel that just spins in the background and it could stop moving one day and you can find yourself in a lot of trouble so if there is a death anywhere in the world in the surf park um, that is going to grind all surf parks to a halt everybody will start looking at it differently so safety really is a key attribute and that's something that we are keen to share with the world on our learnings and there's no point that we've gone through all this hardship and we expect everybody to go through the same hardship is is come and speak to us but not only that is be focused on safety if you're not going to speak to us that's fine but really be focused on your safety don't take it lightly because you're when you open your surf park you're not just opening your surf park you're determining the future of the surf park industry. So, um, that's more just from a safety point of view, but the more the more surf parks there are, like, the more we'll learn from each other. We learn from the current surf parks all the time. It's not like everybody's making really smart decisions on what's happening in their community. And it's always good to listen and learn more than speak yourself.
0: Okay. Do you do you feel like uh being at a surf park rather than a water park, you're under the microscope a little bit more. Like if something happens, um oh, definitely. You, yeah? Definitely.
1: I would say that if if something happened, if like if the worst happened, it would it would shut a surf park down. And wow. not only would it shut the surf park down, but um the rest of the surf parks, their their industries or their government would start asking a lot of questions and would put on a lot of restrictions um, that could cripple uh, the business. So a good example is trampoline parks. Um, when they first started, there were trampoline parks everywhere. everywhere. Everybody had one. Um, there were so many little like mom and pop trampoline parks. And then the lawsuits started. And now there are a few very strong trampoline parks, brands that are spread internationally that just do it really, really well. Um, and a lot fell on the wayside so it's the same thing with us we're a brand new industry nobody knows how to treat us we're not a pool we're not a beach regulations aren't that simple so um, officials are quite nervous when signing off for of surf parks. so um, it's up to each organization to do their due diligence
0: there was yeah I, i'm aware of that i was at one uh surf park recently and they said you you can't call us uh you can call us a wave park, a surf park, surf basin, wave basin. You can't call us a pool. <laughs> and, and it absolutely. was due to the local, uh, you know, jurisdiction and absolutely and and such, which is kind of kind of nitpicking as far as regulations. But you have things. I mean, there's so many water parks across the the world, and uh, for our purposes on the website, we have Google alerts for wave pool and surf yeah. park, and uh, water parks often come through, uh, through that. And there are a lot of deaths at at water parks, like, you know, from someone having a heart attack to someone drowning. And it's actually a lot more frequent than that, than is, is discussed, but they're not under. Okay. So <laughs> what I'm saying is why can a water park have horrible things happen at it, but a surf park you know couldn't that you wouldn't have the same result
1: yeah I, I think right now water parks are a dime a dozen since this generation or all the generations were born there was always some version of a water park around them um everybody knows it's water parks are crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> slides in concrete right. never a good <laughs> mix but but the idea of a surf park is just brand new in people's minds and uh and it's it's supposed to be safe. You come to a surf park because of the convenience, um, but you also come to a surf park because for the safety. There's no beasts waiting in the depths for you. Um, this a company has put all this time and effort into creating this utopia, and if that utopia is ripped away uh, all of a sudden, it does make the broader community double think, um, if they should, if they should return and the core surfer would probably return, but a large part of every surf park will be that progressive surfer where mom controls the wallet and mom doesn't feel safe. So, um, that's why every surf park just really needs to nail that safety element.
0: Okay. And as, um, going back to more surf parks opening, do you see, That dynamic kind of shifting, uh, surf parks will get a break. (laughs) <laughs> they won't be as as feared by community um, insurance agencies and, and such.
1: No, I, I don't. I, I feel like the spotlight will grow. Like this is the, the spark before things start to settle. So I do okay. see the next five years as as a real bright spotlight. And okay. then it should start to settle where this is the industry norm. And a lot more regulations would have kicked in by then um that that all of this will just surf parks in every every city will be the norm but but not right now
0: okay so the next five years everyone's under the microscope everybody's
1: under the microscope (laughs) take it seriously
0: (laughs) and is there um going back to you have a lot of employees at um urban surf can you can you share with us how many people work there and Sure. So
1: Australia really works on um, a lot of casual labor. So there's full-time contracts, part-time contracts, and casual. So we have about roughly 20 full-timers with us, a few part-timers. And then over summer, we can go up to 100, 150 casual um, uh, staff. But on a day we would have, on a shift, we would have about 30 to 40 staff work for us. It's very labor-intensive
0: that is a lot of uh, people, and, yeah. and that's one thing I'm I'm struck with every time I go to a wave pool is how many yeah. people you need to staff it from handing out wetsuits to check in to everything like that. Um, is that is that a challenge like staffing, or are you you're used to that from your other uh, work in 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 Dubai at uh, the ski place in Wadi?
1: Yeah, so. Um... It is a little different because they have they're all every single person is a full timer in, in the Middle East, but mm-hmm. um here we do rely on casuals. Um, but it's not just enough to have a person with a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Like we're really focused on our culture. So we can overfill our team with with people that have no personality and they just have a heartbeat, but that's not what we're about. Mm-hmm. The only way people are gonna come is if they come back for the staff. And that that sense of of camaraderie and learning and and achieving things together, and that's what's so important with the staff. Um, I'm a terrible surfer, but uh, I surf with a, a a whole bunch of guests that we know each other really well, and uh, we laugh at each other, and and we really try and progress together, and it's really created that community, and and that's what's so good about urban surf and surf parks is some of our team are really advanced surfers and they connect with the core surfer and there's some of us that are cooking our way through and we're having a great time doing it and creating our own little communities uh ourselves so it's 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 important that community connection is really important
0: yeah and and i noticed that just in spending time there the uh yeah people i i spoke with you know just through my experience of of surfing at urban surf they're they're pretty stoked to be there and uh just it, it seems like a, a great place to work. So, next question Are you hiring Sean?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we are hiring, it is springtime for us, so we're definitely hiring all positions. And uh, so throw me your CV, <laughs> yeah. I think the, the other thing that's so exciting about surf parks right now is last year we hired somebody from um Bristol's The Wave, so okay. one of their surf coaches wanted to work a summer with us, and um, so got his own visa and got sorted but uh mm-hmm. applied from the uk and obviously working from brussels a no-brainer to take him so
0: yeah I would, it just I would, makes sense yeah i was speaking with one of your lifeguards um about that because i go to the wave after yeah. this so uh, the end of september and it would be great if you could have an exchange program absolutely being in two different hemispheres uh so someone could conceivably work lifeguarding year round
1: so we've, we're expecting another uh, surf coach from uh, the wave to work okay. with us this summer. We've sent somebody to uh, Alaya Bay, one of our staff okay. to Alaya Bay. So there is this uh, weird exchange program that's going on that we're not really talking about, but it just kind of works. It's uh, CVs are passed and, and it just makes sense.
0: Yeah. And, it, and the people who do it, are, you know there are people who just love that job and that's, uh, that's their happy zone.
1: And it's and it's interesting, especially hearing from the surf coach on just how different it is coaching, like in Bristol, compared to coaching at Urban Surf, and and just hearing all their experiences. And yeah, we we got a couple of uh, yeah. tips from them that that we've adopted. So it's always about learning.
0: No, it's it's really interesting because I interviewed a coach at the Wave last year, and uh, she she had learned to surf at the wave yeah. um you know when they first opened and became proficient enough and just loved the the scene the the whole community and the vibe and became a surf instructor mm. um there and it was uh, it's just fascinating really wonderful. it's it's
1: weird right it's weird <laughs> and it works it's uh it's it's a whole nother subculture
0: yeah yeah such as this strange little uh, niche <laughs> this, this weird little corner of the world that we've found absolutely Oh, that's great. Do do people understand you when you say like, oh yeah, I, I manage a wave pool. They're like, do they say get a real job? Or is <laughs> that-
1: <laughs> I normally follow up by saying I'm a kid. I, uh, every job decision I've made has been to play at that facility. So. Okay. Um, Uh, I think uh, people realize I'm more fortunate than most I I love my job and I'm very lucky to be in such an exciting industry so there's a lot of jealousy but uh, normally I don't tell people uh, because it normally comes they follow up with can I have free tickets so Uh, uh, (laughs) you you really got to work hard to figure out what I do when I'm uh, just out (laughs) and about (laughs)
0: okay right on Uh, before we cut off did you want to add anything else that um, maybe we didn't cover that uh you felt was important for the conversation
1: um no it's been great talking to you and i think that's it we're on the precipice of of an exciting new industry and Mm -hmm. and to all the surf parks about to open congrats to all of you you've done an amazing job to get here so keep the industry going strong and uh and all the best and i hope it all works out
0: yeah and it's and it is a lot of work and uh we yeah, get the emails or get contacts from people and it's just uh you you really have to l- love it and want to do it to uh to to go through. Persevere. <laughs> Persevere with a good team and anything's possible. <laughs> right on. Well, thank you very much for uh taking the time out of your busy day, Sean, and uh joining me here on the Waypool Mac podcast.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: All right, cheers, man. Cheers. Just an end note here, uh, shortly after this podcast, we received an email from Sean and he wanted to clarify one of the questions. So he did so with the following.
1: Brian, thanks for letting me re-record my answer. Uh, We have never, Urban Surf has never catastrophically failed at anything. What we have done is we've had uh, several minor failures that we've pivoted from, uh, whether it's the booking engine, uh, wave schedules, staffing, operational procedures. Uh, These are all things that we've we've made some mistakes and we've had to take the data and learn from uh, quite often. So my advice to all operators is um, you're not going to get it right the first time and to learn from those challenges and move forward and be be willing to pivot as often as required